Newcastle Fans TV. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Green Room Morning Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Today, Sam and I are joined by one of Becky Langley's newest signings in the last six months or so. We are joined by a, a lady who has literally played for everybody under the sun in different countries. <laughs> and then she's here to tell us all about it. It is some people are calling her the female Sven Botman. I'll let her decide. It is Charlotte Potts from the Newcastle United Women's team. Charlotte, welcome to the Green Room Morning Show. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Um, Charlotte, I think the first question has to be, welcome back. Because, of course, it's not the first time that you played for Newcastle United. Um, when, when I don't know, if the phone call or the conversation in general came about you rejoining Newcastle United, did it take you about half a second to say yes? I mean, it was sort of in my head for quite a long period of time when I seen the transitions that was going on with the club. And I mean, wearing that black and white shirt the last time, you, you wear it with pride, you know what I mean? And you sort of like, you put that pride and passion into your performances and it just makes football so much more enjoyable. I mean, you, your your journey has a lot of similarities with others in that you had to play for Sunderland for a bit because, <laughs> because it was the only, you had no other real option. Yeah. You, like I say, you're not the only one. But that's where the similarities end. I mean, we've made no bones about it. We've wanted you on this uh, show for ages now because... Your your story, your journey absolutely fascinates me, and I, I don't even know the half of it. Um, for those that don't know, including ourselves probably, where has your footballing journey taken you? Do you want countries or do you want emotions everything. or everything? Everything. Like, everything. It's, it's been the craziest roller coaster ever. Like, I mean, when you talk about roller coasters, do you know that one that in. Alton Towers that actually goes under the ground. It was probably like that, to be honest. Uh, one minute you're right up high, and then the next minute you're like, you're so low that you're even underground. Um, but yeah, like in my opinion, like I've went and travelled the world to explore like my soul, not necessarily just as a footballer, but like get a deeper understanding of myself and the world. So some of my decisions haven't necessarily been because of football they've been personal also well, um sorry Charlotte, i'll let you continue sorry like canada especially i think it's a very uh it, when you talk about well-being and like a holistic view canada's a very spiritual country and i don't know if you've ever been there but it's the, the most stress-free place ever it's so calming and it's it's just a pleasure to like get them experiences because of football I think Sam and I definitely need to go to Canada, especially when we're trying to get the technology side of things sort of for this podcast. So we'll definitely look into that as maybe a, a, an extra episode in Canada. Can, we, can we take that out of the NFTV budget? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we can sort something out. But when you've been to all these different countries, has there been one common theme, regardless of where you play your football? Has there been one common theme or one common... Um, I don't know if it's been like a tactic in terms of a manager or different types of players. So like, is it one little trick that you've learned over the years? Uh, what do you mean by trick? Just something that you've taken into this into Newcastle in terms of is it something that you've been able to help the other other teammates and or even just everybody in the club? Is it just something that you've just taken from your other experiences and brought it into uh, Newcastle United? Um, wisdom, I think. And strength of character, maybe. 
the way that I play football isn't necessarily just about like what you're doing on the pitch. It comes from like it's like very person centered for me. So it's like I've developed such resilience over all of these experiences that I can like go on the pitch and I can have that resilience, but also help others develop that also. And I take a lot of um I feel like it's my purpose to help develop younger players because in a way I don't feel like I've fully reached like the targets that I had set for myself as a player. And for me that's really tough because like I understand um what talent I do have and in a way like I don't want I don't want to become resentful of not really reaching where I believe that I should have got to instead of t- turning that around and using it for like a positive purpose now uh, I mean why is it do you think that you haven't gone the sort of more traditional route into women's football and like kind of gone up through the levels because I was I was speaking to someone who I won't name but you know them <laughs> um, and uh, they said there's no reason why she shouldn't be or shouldn't have already played in the WSL. So for 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 Newcastle United to have you at the moment is phenomenal, and like the plaudits you've been getting, I don't even know if you're you're aware, but like even after the St James's game, I had people messaging me going, "Who's our centre back? It's like <laughs> she's unreal. Like like the way she commanded and, and everything. She's just got it all." I was like, "Yeah." I know. So, why is it? Why is is there a particular reason? Did something happen along the along the way? Why why didn't you kind of, or why haven't you yet got to the height to the women's game? I think there's a lot of mixture of things. To be honest, I think there's been personal mental setbacks, like regarding mental health, um, a mixture of having such strong um, values. I've got a lot of integrity, and I can if I recognise I don't like truly believe in something or something really upsets me, like I'll I'll go my own way and I'm not afraid to do that. If someone's broke my trust, like it's very, very difficult to regain that back. Uh and yeah, like also when you go through some setbacks, it does impact you physically also. So the type of um the type of progress the women's game has made now, like I'm not I'm not going to like lie, like that probably has had an impact on that, the physical transitions that I've had to make. I did have a sort of a journey, like a five-year plan set back in my head when I stopped playing football and I restarted again thinking, within these five years, I want to make it back to the WSL. So I was almost going like full force, training too much. Uh, I got a little bit addicted to training and um, I felt as though I had to like race against time with becoming fit, I did get to a point where my physical fitness was on the level of WSL, but then unfortunately another setback came and that's when I had to go to Switzerland and uh, sort of spiral back down again. But you realise, like, there's always a reason when you spiral back down, like, it helps you in other areas. So the type of, like, for example, developing a positive mental attitude which can help you on the pitch because let's be honest the positive mental attitude attitude it attracts luck uh, i don't know if you 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 guys believe in that but i genuinely if there's something negative happens on the pitch and 
I hold my hands up. We all get negative at some points, but it's about having that awareness to recognise, okay, you need to change your mindset now because we want to attract luck. We want to, like, just play with positivity. How much has... I was just going to say, how much has your mindset changed over the years, depending on who you play with, Charlotte? Because I think that's really interesting that you that you mentioned that the fact that if you have a positive mindset, that you do develop a look in in football and, and look in, in in terms of the actual game itself. How much? How important is that for you in terms of actually playing? You know, against it doesn't matter who you're playing, I suppose, whether it be a, a league game or a cup game, whatever. Sorry, just I had to charge my laptop there for <laughs> no, a second. Okay. <laughs> now okay, I've got a readjustment. Now I've got to readjust my camera. I don't. I can't. <laughs> there we go. I can't even see myself. You're not. You're not. You're not the first. You won't be the last. Like the camera is not actually set in the middle. There we go. There we go. Um, where were we at? Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say. I was just going to say how, how. I was going to say how important is the mindset because the mindset of a footballer in general, and in, in particular a positive mindset, because you mentioned that, and that's actually really surprised me. That because I think a lot of people. I was we don't mean Sam and I don't know you that well at all, really. I would have thought it's more about your ability. You think, oh, well, ability, ability, ability. That's what Charlotte's got an abundance. Is that ability to perform at a really high level? So when did it? click for you that you've actually got to have the mindset to to actually perform at that highest level was it when you were in switzerland or different countries or was it by a particular person that mentioned that uh there was one particular person before i had stopped playing football i i always had issues with uh emotional control uh growing up and it's because i've had such a diverse background uh and i've come across a lot of um discrimination uh which has really impacted my mindset and like i knew i needed to challenge my perceptions in order to change that mindset which is why i kind of took time out from playing um delved deep into them emotions and i mean i'm very much a person who believes in like holistic healing and in order to like feel a sense of fulfillment and live your purpose and until you challenge them perceptions, I don't think you're going to actually like align yourself with your values to actually reach that purpose. You, you'll probably feel like you're always like fighting against the world, if that makes sense. Uh, and I mean, this just, just, just doesn't go for football also, but I think that's good advice for um, anyone who's trying to live their purpose. Um, you've got to really understand yourself and what your values are. So how hard a decision was it then to, for you to to take that step away from football? Huge, absolutely huge. I mean, because I like to think that my strengths on the pitch are leadership skills. Mm. If I didn't change that mindset, then it, it's like you'd just be spreading negative messages instead of positive, positive ones. And how can you help someone when you haven't actually helped yourself, if that makes sense? Uh, leadership, leadership was uh, leadership was my big line across when I was doing my notes for you, Charlotte, because you can see it every mm. single week, every single game. Leadership, leadership, leadership. Since you've been at Newcastle, mm. what has Becky said in particular when it comes to your leadership? Because that is one of your biggest, biggest strengths. And do you think you can tell that particularly the younger players respect you more because of how much of a good leader you are and a good role model, I suppose, you are to them as well? 
Yeah, absolutely. I get a lot of respect from the younger ones. And uh, like I say, because I didn't reach where I wanted to get to, and that was actually England, to be honest. Uh, I've always believed that I've been good enough for England. Uh, and it, do it does break my heart, if I'm honest. Um, I mean, I'm 28, so I don't know. I don't know if there's time. Maybe, maybe not. But either way, I've got acceptance with that. Uh uh, to be honest, I'm been I've been very very impressed with Newcastle of like the player care and they've really helped me get to uh, a positive state with my life and put me back on track after such an unsteady year last year. So I've got a lot of gratitude to Newcastle for that. Uh, but yeah, Becky's Becky understands the journey that I've been on and she she knows that I want to help these young players as much as possible and I think. Because I've focused so much on uh, my technical ability over the years, though those te that technical ability has just become habits and the instincts. So it's not something that I can necessarily need to even think about when it comes on the pitch. And it allows me to pay attention to the other things of watching what other people are doing and recognising like when we need someone to be in a certain area. Uh, and it, it's all about multitasking and... I've studied I've studied the brain quite in depth to be honest and like when it talks about attention systems and uh and you look at the men's game and I've I've obviously done some core cool commentary for men's football as well with Gated and with that being a faster pace, it's like you can see their attention systems and like they're doing so many things at once. Uh that as a young we've got because we've got so many young players they're still just always thinking about the technical so it's about trying to build their build, build their habits and get them to do more things at once and get them to think quick uh it's almost like like higher consciousness the brain needs to be working so fast to do multiple things at once yeah i, I remember when i like i was 9, 10, 11, and my football coach told me 90% of football's played in here. Yeah. And, you know, I, I had the attention span of, yeah, not a very big attention span, but that's why I brutally failed. But mm -hmm. like you say, you're only 28, which for a player in your position, you're just entering your peak years. What are your? Have you set yourself a kind of like you said earlier, a kind of like a five-year plan? Have, have you set yourself targets individually and and as a team? Because promotion is very much mm. on the cards this season. It's 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 in your own hands with a mm. a game at home to Durham to play. I mean, we've got the team targets, which is uh, promotions are non-negotiable at the end of the day. Uh, so at the at the moment, I'm just doing everything I can as an individual that's going to help with that, and making sure like my fitness is up to scratch, my well being's spot on, um, and like just put getting my life back on track after an unsteady time to be able to play to perform as best I can on the pitch. And other than that, I don't really have any other individual goals because. Uh, I don't believe the individual goals that I wanted for my career uh, can happen where we're currently at, where we are currently at. Uh, so at the moment, it's just staying focused for every game. I love the fact you mentioned the co-commentary because I did have that in my, my notes as well. And 
that really surprised me actually really really surprised me because you don't see many players it doesn't matter what stage they are with it you know whether that be in the premier league league two whatever to whatever standard of football that go into the co-commentary why did you go into the co-commentary and do you think that's even improved your performances now massively there was elements of the game that i didn't really like you don't really notice on the pitch when you're playing yourself whereas when you when you're doing co-commentary you you, you feel like you're mentally in the game and you like you watch the momentum, you watch how players react, how they respond to the referee, for example, what the coach and staff are doing. You're sort of absorbing everything from the atmosphere of the fans, um, the weather, like everything that then when you step on that pitch, like you can especially as a centre half, you read momentum more and like Say, for example, we've just conceded a goal. You understand momentum. You understand when to control things, when to ramp it up again. Uh, and that mixed with my coaching and, like, my my emotional my emotional intelligence, I believe, that I've got, it just all combines and it's just allowed things to click. So it has helped a lot. So you're in good company. I don't know, Johnny, if you'd remember this, but when uh, when Shearer retired from England, and he was still obviously playing for for Newcastle during like the real good Sabobi years, he did co-commentary for Sky on the England games. So oh, really? yes, yes, he did when he was still playing. So so you know, Pat, so you're in you're in you're in good stead there. You and Big Al. <laughs> but, I'm at the right club. Yeah, very much so. Um, so the the squads obviously had a bit had a, more than their fair share of injuries this season. I think it's fair mm-hmm. to say, but the way it's adapted and and come back stronger, and there's been some really good additions been made to to the squad this season. I'd say you've shown a lot of resilience as a squad so far this season. Absolutely, we've got a really tight. Uh, tight group we're, we get along really well all of us uh, we can all just be ourselves and I think we've got a mixture of personalities that really complement each other we've got the uh, we've got the Annas who's a little bit of a uh, character like she's so funny um, we've got the calm personnel of like Shorty we've got Georgia who's hilarious always comes out with something funny it's just we've got a real good mix has there been one player shot that surprised you when you've been training with with, with the team? Is it not not surprising that, that that they're a good player, but just certain little things that they do when they're training that you go, "Ooh, I like that." You've maybe particularly like a younger player that you go, "I like what she's doing," especially maybe at a younger age. And going, if she keeps on doing that and just like switched on and just got the right attitude, she could go far. Well, Kira Skelton, like my little left back, like she's just. Do you know what? Like she's got character, and it's uh, she does. She has little moments of magic, and I mean her and Daisy for being full um, young full fullbacks starting every game. They've took such an important role in our, in the starting level eleven, and the types of pressures that we're we're under at the moment to get promotion. Uh, they handle it so well, and I mean. There's times where that pressure does build up a little bit more and I'd like to think my resilience and my character can help them uh, th- them control that as well. So I'm just really excited for both of them and I really, I'm 
looking forward to helping them in their journey. Can you see from the women that were there last season who were in a very similar position to, to as you are now, it was, you know, last season it was it was also mm-hmm. all Liverpool feds going up. We unfortunately mm-hmm. didn't get it because it's a, it's a cruel league that only one team gets promotion. Mm-hmm. It's very cruel. But can you see the resilience that's built up in the likes of Georgia, Katie, Grace and, and then members of the squad that have seen it happen before yeah. last season? Yeah, there's, it's just drove them even further, but it's allowed them to stay calm and consistent now as well. And I mean, I played with them when we were at Sunderland as well, and uh, I'm a little bit older than them. And ha- how much they've grew in personality and really matured uh, is is so refreshing to see because obviously I haven't played with them for a few years also, so they've also got to see how much I've matured. And I do get called the grandma. Which is a little bit harsh. That's very harsh. <laughs> considering oh, I'm twenty, considering I'm twenty-eight, yeah. But that's the reality. Like we're a very young squad, and um, I mean they're actually classed as senior players. And um, but it is it is really refreshing to see how much they've matured. Also, I mean Georgia and Grace are like now teachers, and it's like when I used to play with them, like I think we were like. They were seven, 16, 17, and I was uh, 19, 20. So it's just, it's it's nice when you come to, after you've been apart for a long time and you always got along and you had such strong bonds as teammates to then come back and understand each other's journeys and rebuild, start rebuilding that trust again. And that trust got, is getting formed even stronger. Well, I think 28 is a young age. Well, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying today, Charlotte. Thank you, thank you. It's only because I, I am 28, that's why. <laughs> contrary to what Sam might say, contrary to what Sam might say, I'm telling, I'm telling that for a fact. Well, now I feel old. <laughs> we'll, leave that. we'll leave Sam's age for another podcast, I think. Um, I have to mention the FA Cup game against Barnsley, um, Charlotte. It, it, it was uh, an incredible day, 20, over 28,000 Mm-hmm. That's St James's Park to see you beat Barnsley two one and two absolute worldy strikes from uh, Georgia Gibson and uh, Shauna Wilkinson as well. What was the what was the uh, dressing room like after that? In 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 terms of I suppose both Georgia and Shauna are both saying well, my goal was better than my goals, but I've just scored a worldy at the Gallagher. I've just scored a worldy Gallagher. Mine was like it must be in that competitive side, but to actually win. A big game, a tough game against a very, very good team in Barnsley. Afterwards, it must have been the most amazing atmosphere in that dressing room, thinking, well, we're going to take this further. We're going to go and be even better in the league. Yeah, yeah. It was, do you you know what? I was actually just trying to control my emotions after the game because uh, I think I sort of suppressed every emotion under the sun leading uh, leading up to that game. And like, I was just so cool and calm and then it's almost like the final whistle comes and then you take in the atmosphere and it's like, oh, wow. And it just all comes flooding out. And, I mean, I don't know if you've seen my interview with Newcastle oh, TV, yes. but it's like it was so raw. Like, And it's funny because uh, the game following, I actually missed my best friend's wedding uh, for the Wolves game. And it was that was really really tough. Um, she's been a best friend since school the school days. So uh, after the uh, her wedding, we were sort of talking about like 
we watched her video back because I wasn't there during the day. I went for the evening, but we watched her wedding back and she says it's so nice to watch these things back because when it's happening, you don't actually like, you don't realise that it's like an out-of-body experience. Like it's such a special day and you to watch it back, you get to see the moments. And I said, I was trying to like explain to her because with them not being in the sporting world or the football world, they don't understand so I was saying to her, like, that's how it feels for me. Like, when I played at St. James's Park, it's a similar thing. Like, that moment was so special that you watch that interview back again and you sort of feel the emotion again just by watching it back. Um, so, yeah, that day was very, very special. Yeah, it was a fantastic interview you did with Dan King. It was, yeah, it was great. Did you see the 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 first game at St James's Park last season, and did that kind of kick you into gear and think oh, I've got to be a part of this? I was on co-commentary down in London covering the Durham and Charlton game for, so we were on the uh, radio together for the St James's Park game, the Sunderland game, and the Durham game. So I'm on the headset. I actually heard the crowd. Uh, at St James's Park and I was thinking no way there's not that many because like you don't hear an echo like that at a women's game so as I was on uh, with the with Dom who I was doing the commentary with I was like I'm checking Twitter while we weren't on, on air through BBC Radio Newcastle and there was a little gap in our game I was like I'm checking Twitter how many is at that game and as soon as I seen how many I was like no way and I think I actually made a little reply to air uh, to murdered on the on his tweet when he says like wow this many <laughs> i made a cheeky comment saying can you can you keep it up though <laughs> <laughs> and it's like but that, that that atmosphere like it captures people people want to be a part of that so it's a really exciting time for newcastle it certainly certainly is and i'll, I'll let sam go in and talk a bit more depth about maybe the owners and Amanda Meerdad and their support. But I just want to take it back to the interview that you did with Dan just very, very briefly. You mentioned your mum and dad a lot in that interview. How much have they helped you along the way? How much dedication have they shown towards your footballing career? And was it great just to repay them back with that moment of watching their, you know, their daughter playing at St James's Park and having a fantastic game as well to add? Yeah, I mean, my mum and dad have both individually have a lot had a lot of challenges and uh it's sort of like we've got a really close family in the, in the fact of like we support each other with those challenges and football sometimes makes it easy for them because they're coming to my games and they're getting their release and like they're watching their daughter play so there's a sense of pride but there's also they witness the low times as well and they're kind it's kind of like if you've if you watch Sean Longstaff's um Longstaff's video with BBC about the Wembley final he talks about his injury and how his family were there to pick him up it's kind of the same with my family and uh, not not the fact that I had a physical injury but my battles with mental health they've been the ones who have like recognized like when things have got really bad in order to like give me a kick up the backside and uh, but also obviously women's football the financial side of women's football is not easy and Last year, I didn't, other than my short spell in Switzerland, I had no work at all. So they had to, like, dig me out of the gutter sometimes with, like, financial worries and financial strains. So 
it was to see their smiles on their faces and like the fact that it wasn't like stressing them out. My football journey wasn't stressing them out anymore. It was giving them a sense of pride. It was it, it just I filled up as soon as I seen that after the after the final whistle. Now, on the flip side, you've already signed a new contract at Newcastle. Mm-hmm. So like how was it was it was it a tough decision in some aspects? Because look, the, the, we are where we are still. It's still early days as a squad, as a as a club, even because it, it's not even been part of the club for that long. Or was it a case of I'm I'm happy here. I can go in, demand eight hundred grand a week from the new owners, and, and just and just get it signed. No, do you know what? It's I think because I had played without a contract for the first like the for the first half of the season. Um, they had shown to me like other types of appreciation and other uh, commitments that they made as a club of like helping me get my well-being put right, that it made signing that contract like not as daunting as other contracts that I've signed before because I've already seen their loyalty and their belief in me. Um, and action speaks louder than words and they've, done nothing but like but speak through their actions so that did provide a lot of trust and uh, reassurance to sign that contract and get things nailed down and I hopefully like there's more contracts to come I want to play as long as possible <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there will be plenty of contracts for you at Newcastle international cap bonus yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, how much Support has Amanda and me have given the girls since you've been at Newcastle, uh, Charlotte. Has it? Do you get to see them regularly? Do you get to see them every now and then? And what have they said to you, or have what have they said to the team in regard to to this season? Do they just are they just basically wishing you all the best? Are they, are they, are they giving you more than that? What would you What would you say about the ownership at Newcastle? Uh, they're obviously very busy because they've got lots and lots going on and obviously we see that with the progress that the club's making with the men's side so um, we don't really interact with them a lot uh, our schedule is also like even in training at the moment but I mean we're making small steps and I think sometimes it's more important to make small steps so it doesn't become overwhelming and um, you're all aware of like and you, you take gratitude for every small step, whereas when it's a big step, it's further a climb. So uh, even the likes of when they retweet our games and stuff, it's just like knowing that they're knowing that they're keeping an eye on us in the background. It provides a lot of reassurance that they're emotionally invested too. Yeah, I, like, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more with what you said there. That it's loads of little steps have been made in the past well 18 months nearly two years now because i think it would be fair to say without the new ownership oh sorry i thought someone was trying to get from getting in the office there so it's, it's our well. office being robbed I think it is. It's, oh, no, well, it's, it's, it's just uh, lee it's just it's <laughs> just producer lee interfering as i get as per but um i, th- I think it'd be fair to say charlotte that Without new ownership and and uh, the care and love that the new owners have given the women's team, we wouldn't be signing a player of your caliber. No, probably not. Um, and I mean, 
And I'm just glad that that I have signed at the end of the day because the age that I am as well, I'm I'm starting to look for a little bit of uh, contentment because mm. that provides that, that helps provide happiness, which can show in your performances too. I mean, I do get comments from a lot of people and uh, saying, "Wow, Potsy, you're smiling for a change." And <laughs> I mean, that's not because I used to be miserable. It just used to be the fact that I was always like. I always knew my value, my worth, and to finally feel appreciated, it's just, it's nice, but it's also nice to do that with a bunch of girls who we've got that trust and understanding with each other as well. In terms of and I mean, Be- oh, sorry, sorry, I'm not keeping it. Becky's been fantastic and helping with that culture also. She's uh, she's great in spreading positive messages and just making sure everyone's like micromanaged. I think that's one of Becky's strongest assets from what we we can see. Yeah. I think I feel like she's so I think in sync with every single player. And every yeah. player is different to managing. She can manage that and mm-hmm. she has the respect of every single player. What how how impressed have you been with uh, with Becky in particular? Massively she's always made an effort to check on people's well being and welfare and just making sure everyone's in a good headspace and like you say, everyone needs managed differently. We're all different. Uh, and she's got a lot of... Uh, her ability to understand people is quite good uh, to get the best out of them. So it does help a lot. Can you see similarities between her and Eddie Howe, do you think? I think, yes. I think she tries to learn from him too, and it does help. And Becky's got a great uh, attitude to want to learn. Uh and yeah, I think I'd like to think so. Yeah. In in regards to yourself, Sean, I have to bring it back to you. There's been a lot of comparisons, obviously, with the men's side in terms of Sven Botman and yourself. <laughs> in terms of, and I'm, I'm, it's probably not the first time you've heard it. But when you see, I remember the club putting some clips out that were Sven, Sven Botman um, during the World Cup break, and I'm thinking. That's literally Charlotte Potts. That's literally Charlotte Potts. <laughs> it's, it, it literally, it's every single week. I'm seeing Charlotte doing that for, for Newcastle. Do, can you see it? I think that's I think that's the main question. Can you actually see it? Surprisingly, yes. And do you know what surprises me more? And it's even more so impressive because he's so young. And to have them killer instincts from such a young age. When I talked to you earlier about. Uh, like attention systems, his ability to like to read so much is it's admirable. But I mean, I've played centre mid as well growing up, so I think you, it, it's it's a bit obvious that sometimes I do like to step in quite a lot and uh, get involved more technically, uh, which. Funny enough, sometimes does frustrate me also because I get just as much satisfaction when I step back and I take take that role of just being at the back and watching everyone else connect to be that person to then become instinctive when we lose the ball and what do we do next? Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I definitely think we have similarities. Oh, <laughs> I'd, love you... have his, I'd love to have his good looks, though, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what what you could be saying there is, really, Charlotte, you're a, you're a combination of Botman and Cher, because, like you say, you've played in midfield. You do like to to advance sometimes as well, like you say. Maybe maybe you are the complete complete package. 
I think I've definitely matured as a uh, centre-back. I used to be quite a feisty, when we talk about positive mental attitude, when I did have some of that ne- some of that negativity, I used to be quite feisty and I did get compared to uh, Sergio Ramos, actually, <laughs> back, in the, back in the day. Yeah. So, I mean, but the thing is, though, like, I've got that ability to cont- control that. So if that needs to come out, it'll come out. I love that. <laughs> it did, I think it did last. I think it did last night, actually. <laughs> I would say so as well. <laughs> After men- you mentioned the fact that you have played in midfield, and we see this with your little runs. Like I can actually, you can see that midfielder in you, if you like. But mm-hmm. is it something that you'd like to go back to in terms of playing midfield week in week out, or would you, are you just happy with where you are right now, or would you just play wherever Becky tells you where to play, basically? I'll play wherever Becky tells me. I mean, some games I do get the um, the desire to step in and take more of a, um, a central midfield role, but uh, I think the way your body adap- adapts to fitness and stuff like that, like I, because I, I I can play a whole game and not get tired at centre half, then you know your set position, uh, and it, like some games I just think like. I do think is it too easy, which uh, is making me question. Like, I need to ramp up the fitness, but uh, it's it's just a sign that I am in the set, right the right position at the end of the day. And I talked a bit earlier about prolonging my career as much as possible. It's probably going to be more um, more accurate to prolong my career at centre back and centre mid. So <laughs> I'll stick the centre back. <laughs> Oh, I remember when I was a teenager and could play 90 minutes without getting tired, but um, different was I was a goalkeeper. But um, <laughs> anyway, I mean, turning our attention slightly to, to the men's team, what have you made of this season? Because like you're, the women are on a brilliant journey and now so are the men climbing the table. Mm-hmm. Absolutely phenomenal. And I mean... It doesn't just come from like what's happening on the pitch. You look at what you look at what's happening to the whole city, and it's like you've got to look at like when you perform. What sort of environment are you in? We talk about positivity. Like the fans are fully behind them, and the players will feel that. Therefore, they're gonna be willing to give everything. And you talk about the culture of uh, being a Geordie. Oh, what's happened there? I'll just put a picture up. It's fine. We oh, can still hear sorry. you. Because <laughs> this is a mighty town, no, I like yeah. it. I like it. So, yeah. So you look at the culture of uh, what what it is to be a Geordie, and I mean, we're we're hardworking people. We're proud, and I think the like the players even get a sense of that. Even who have who's those who aren't from Newcastle, they come into the stadium, and they know what it's about. Therefore, they'll deliver that on the pitch for us. Uh, so it's not necessarily just about the team. Football is about the culture. It's about the city. It's about what values do you have? And I mean, this is probably why I'm so happy at Newcastle because I'm finally somewhere where that has my my values. Hardworking, loyal, dedicated. Like, it's just what everything that I'm about. And to see the men do that actually inspires us also. So we watch the men's performances and we want to do just the same. In your opinion, Charlotte, who has been the standout player from the men's side this season, who would you say 
has been that outstanding player. I know it's a difficult question. That's it's tough. So, it's very, it's, very tough. It's been so many, but who, who would you say you actually picked one? Can I pick two? Of course. Oh, you rolled over really quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not arguing with. I'm not arguing with uh, one of the best in the house at Newcastle. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. Oh, but then now I feel bad. Like there's more than just two. No, like. Well, I think Kieran Trippier because obviously, like his leadership roles and like when he's missing on the pitch, you sometimes like you're missing that person to like when you sense that the momentum's dipping to like get everyone back up again. You can really get that with him, and let's be honest, his technical ability, his execution with his passes. I mean, that's why he's in the England squad. The ability to like to put different passes through balls, crosses that are being whipped in. They're so precise. And I mean, I watch that and it's so admirable because I love a good, I love like different types of passes Uh, to study, like even ball when it comes to ball spin, angles of runs, uh, weights of passes. He's, he's a delight to watch. And, but then I also like, like to watch like even Sean Longstaff, the character, the the attitude, the fact that he's had to work so so hard through setbacks to to prove that he should be in the starting eleven. Uh, again, a little bit like my own journey of like having to really prove to people who haven't like have got a, an opinion on you, but you know that you know yourself worth, so you're just going to prove it because action speaks louder than words. So yeah, I think them too. I love that you've picked Sean because there was a time on an FTV where I was just the only one defending him. But uh, it, it's great to see him come good again because he's yeah. it's, he's he's got ability in abundance and yeah, mm-hmm. cracking cracking player. Who were the the players you looked up to when you were first starting out in football? Who were who were your sort of role models? Stephen Gerrard. Oh. I don't think I don't even think I'm sorry, but I don't even think I need to say anyone else. Well, obviously, like, obviously the Newcastle lads, like Alan Shearer, because back in the day, like, those were the players when I used to watch, like, Alan Shearer, Lauren Robert, Noel Solano. Everyone uh, says Solano. Everyone. Honestly, but, like, he's just, I don't know. That, that team connection back then, when I used to watch when I was a youngster, is what we've got now. And, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, an occasion for show racism the red card not long ago with uh, Olivia Bernard and he was also part of the squad when I used to watch and we were talking about like how the atmosphere that we used to have back in them days is now back and it's so refreshing to see and you, you feel it so did you go to Stephen his, G- did, did you go to Ollie's pub afterwards I didn't know. Oh, he should. It's brilliant. It was a, it was a really busy day. It was where Red Day and we I had to go to Newcastle Civic then Gated Civic and I mean that's a charity organization that I'm really um proud to be a part of and they've helped me with a lot when it comes to understanding mental health and I've met my biggest role models through them who continue to mentor me on a daily basis. Uh so and they're also coming up to their um, one million milestone where they're going to be helping over one million children and education is absolutely key to understanding um, 
racism, discrimination, stereotypes, how we get our worldview. Uh, so very grateful to that organisation. That's fantastic. Great work that you're doing. Well, show racism there. Cost been doing great work for so many years now. So yeah. You know, hopefully that continues. And like I say, it's doing like I say amazing work. I just want to ask, why Stephen Gerrard, though? I know Sam's going to go, oh, he's a scout or whatever, but what was it about Stephen Gerrard? <laughs> not, 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 not the fact that Tim is maybe that we know how good he is, but why him in particular? Well, I obviously grew up playing centre mid, and to be honest, like, until I was 18-year-old, I didn't see myself in any other position. Like, I like to be all over the pitch. I like to be involved in every bit of action. I think that's clear to see. And uh, he's just... He's just an animal. He's a com <laughs> he's an absolute competitive animal, and uh, his meant winning a mentality, his ability to get back and defend and make a strong slide and tackle, but then also convert that defensive attitude into an attack, uh, and really carry the team with his leadership skills, but also like. Uh, I don't know. He's just so determined, and he's so focused all the time. It was the the standout moment as well. Obviously, the cup, the Champions League cup final within Istanbul, uh, where I don't think I've ever seen a game like it. From just a complete shift of mindset, and like that's just the definition of resilience. And I don't know. I just studied everything he'd done from his game. For some reason, when when you said he's just an animal, Joe Linton popped into my head now. So, speaking of kind of resilience and positive mental attitudes, there's a guy who's been through the mill from being an isolated number nine who's not a number nine, carrying an almighty price tag in a in a pretty uninspiring kind of time at Newcastle to yeah. what what he is now. What what have you made of of his journey to to the animal he is today? I mean, you talk. We talked about Stephen Gerrard making recovery runs, but how well have you seen Joe Linton's recovery runs? Um, as a centre back, I'd be pretty appreciative uh, of having him track back in the air, the energy, the work rate, the the physicality. Uh, I mean, I've got friends who've played against him at Gateshead, and they've said like when they played them in a friendly, it was like, just, wow, he's just on a different level when it comes to physical strength. And, but I mean, when you talk about resilience and being a competitive animal, I think you've got to always go back to someone's roots. I mean, he's from Brazil. Look at Steven Gerrard's roots. He's from the rough ends of Liverpool. Uh, I mean, myself, I'm on. The, I'm from the rough ends of Gateshead. I've not had the easiest upbringings. Uh, I take the early childhood experiences into my game. That's what gives me the character that I've got. Uh, and I think that's also why I'm so willing to help any young players who's maybe going through challenges who haven't, haven't got it easy because there is still a way to make it through the rough times. You just got to find people who do believe in you and... Um, see that that can be sort of um, sort of reverted round from like a negative thing to a positive. Just finally, Charlotte, we all know that promotion is the aim for Newcastle this season. Have you mm -hmm. thought about that moment 
that maybe on the final day of the season, Newcastle get over the line, or is it even in anybody's thoughts right now because there's still eight games to go as we as we uh, as we talk? Nah, do you know what? Like, I I used to live day by day, but now I sort of like live week by week because I do think of the goal at the end of the week and how I'm sort of like gonna have a good week that's gonna lead up to that. Uh, I still have that day by day mentality because. Like I say, life throws you curve curveballs on a daily basis, and you don't know how you're gonna respond respond to that, and you've just got to be prepared for that every day. Uh, so I don't even think about like. Obviously, it's in my mind that that's what we need to achieve, but it's sort of like the present moment that you need to focus on that's gonna help with that. So there's no point in even thinking about it just yet. No, that Durham game is massive though. <laughs> I can't wait for your first tackle on that striker but uh, yeah I think with the experience in the squad now and and the the new additions it's it it's 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 a squad that's too good for that league now would you agree yeah <laughs> I just like the fact it's just a one word answer you got to stay you got to stay humble Yes, absolutely. Very, very right. And I think that's probably the best way to end this episode of the Green Rose Show. Charlotte, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you about all things your career so far and Newcastle United. And I think the fact that you've overcome so much and now Newcastle have one little hurdle to try and overcome to get to the next stage of their development, I think just sits quite right. So it's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for coming on uh, the Green Rose Show today. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. No, it's not a problem. Samwa, can everyone listen to this podcast? The links are all in the description, including previous episodes with uh, past England international Carly Telford. And uh, as you're currently listening to the one with future England international Charlotte Potts. So, uh, yeah, links are all in the description. Please like and subscribe. Fantastic stuff. For myself, Jonathan Green, my co-host Sam Mulner, and today's guest, Charlotte Potts. We'll see you all very soon. Newcastle Fans TV.